0: Ken Kidney.
1: Good morning, good evening, good night, and welcome to the weekend show. The name is Kidney. Ken Kidney. I have the great pleasure of being joined by my suave co-host Garrett. Say hello to our listeners, Garrett. Bienvenue. Um,
0: Unlike you, who is traditionally exclusionary and racist on this show... I am. I'm inclusionary and and multicultural. I know what I like.
1: <laughs> As my intro may have tipped you off, uh, this week we're we're talking Bond, James Bond, with the release of Spectre, the twenty fourth film in the James Bond franchise. This past week, we've decided to pull on our best tuxedos, grab our guns, down a Virgin Martini because we don't drink. We're uh, also not wearing tuxedos,
0: but that's neither here nor there.
1: Shaken and not stirred and celebrate the world's most famous super spy. We begin our mission in just a moment with a a review of Spectre before looking back fondly on some of the past films in the franchise in our main segment. And coming up at the end of the show, we will have our all-important netpicks as always. But before we go undercover
0: and discuss Spectre, Gar, how was your week? First of all, I need a correction from last week. Go ahead. Uh, We were discussing Halloween songs. Yes. And I never mentioned Thriller. Which well, is, it's the preeminent Halloween song, really, isn't it? It's got a Halloween themed video.
1: Yeah. But it's not essentially a Halloween song. It's about zombies and stuff, isn't it?
0: No. Things, things going bump in the night. Is it? More or less.
1: I don't I don't like I can't really recall any of the lyrics right now, so <laughs> I, I couldn't verify or It's
0: after midnight and blah 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 da blah, blah. It's a it's it's a Halloween song.
1: It's a Halloween song by by uh, it's video. The video is made at a Halloween song, I think.
0: Yeah. I was walking down here. Yes. There's a lot of runners. Yeah, I've noticed that recently. It's just like, oh, look at me displaying my athleticism outside in public. Yeah. Making everyone else feel inferior. Look at me. I went out even though it's foggy and cold outside. Yeah. Like, uh, be, be reasonable. Like, whenever I go running, it's at six in the morning where no one can see me. Exactly. That is either very modest of me or crippling in, the cripplingly insecure.
1: Or be reasonable and, like me and many others, use the weather as an excuse. Yeah. Do, do just, not do it. Do, do
0: think about doing push-ups inside and then don't do push-ups inside and then feel bad and eat the Halloween sweets.
1: Yeah. I've got sweets in my house from Halloween because no kiddies came whatsoever.
0: Is there anyone in this building?
1: There are kids, but, like, I don't... I guess it's not a thing that kids do. They don't go around trick-or-treating in an apartment block.
0: Like... I've I've come come and gone to this building multiple times. I've never seen a single soul. Yeah, I've, i I uh, I think it was like two or three
1: months that I saw any
0: of our neighbors. Ooh, so you don't have any block parties?
1: No, we're mm. not. Like, I don't. I didn't. We didn't have anyone calling over with a chicken noodle casserole or anything
0: like that. That's disappointing. I know these people are very aren't very neighborly.
1: The uh, the people next door have a baby, so perhaps they're focused on their baby. Babies babies
0: are terrible, though. How
1: selfish of them.
0: Do you ever, does it ever, like, cry and you can hear it? Yes. Do you punt it off a balcony? No.
1: That's uh, a
0: reasonable thing to, to do to babies. Babies are annoying.
1: Uh, I think it's frowned upon in culture, though, to
0: Punt babies? Punt babies, yeah. Gene Snitsky did it.
1: That's a very obscure reference for most of our listeners. <laughs> it is. Look that
0: up. Look, look up Gene Snitsky punting a baby.
1: Or just Snitsky, as he yeah. was known at the time.
0: Snitsky punting baby. He he got good height in that baby. In <laughs> fairness, <laughs> he really did.
1: But yeah, punting babies. Um, maybe maybe if you punted them into a, a a pile of marshmallows.
0: I think the punting would still do a considerable amount of damage. Yeah. The act of punting. It's it's not the fall that kills you. <laughs> what
1: if what if you just like punt them gently and they fall into it? Uh, that might
0: work. Or if you just threw them high in the air into the pile of marshmallows. So realistically, I'd eat the pile of marshmallows before the baby would land.
1: But like, like in that, like you'd have to be like Jim Carrey in the mask to do that. Why? Because like you you can open his mouth really wide and, you
0: know, Uh, I I, I would want like a Flash reference maybe or something fast as opposed to, we know Flash can run fast, but can he eat really fast? I assume so. Can like, can the Flash like read a book in in a minute?
1: Yeah, he probably flipped through it, and it's like a millisecond, But can he take any information? I don't know. He does. He have a super fast brain too. Speaking of Halloween, Gar. go on, because that, that question that question could take over the whole podcast. <laughs> uh, did you dress up? No. Why not?
0: I, I had a panda. Hat. I wore a panda hat on Halloween, so technically, I did. So you were a panda. I was a panda, George the panda. Did you did you greet trick or treaters? Pandas are very lonely creatures, so there was a kind of a natural <laughs> natural transition for me. Um, no. So you didn't... Did you get any? Uh, I think there were like three bunches. That's... Yeah. yeah. It's more in recent years. They ran through most of the Mars bars and the um, Smarties. Yeah. But there were some Twixes and lollipops left. I, I deliberately designed it that way because Smarties and Mars bars... Eh, Twixes are solid.
1: I like Mars bars more than Twixes. Really? I, I was like,
0: yeah. I'm going to move for a Twix. So I was like, I'll give the kiddies the Mars bars because I made this decision. <laughs> yeah. And I'll give the kiddies the um, Smarties. Smarties. But there is only one way to eat a uh, fun-sized Smarties, Ken. Go ahead. Down them at once.
1: Of course, like a shot. Yeah. That's our version of a shot because we're teetotalers. Yeah,
0: just just down the whole packet of Smarties.
1: But no, we had literally zero and we bought like two bags of Mars bars and a bag of Twixes, which were still there until today. So I think my significant other ate the rest of them and <laughs> there was like quite a few of them left. It's only been two days since Halloween. You know, I, I had like probably a dozen mini Mars bars in the last <laughs> few days. Uh, but moving on from Halloween, it was, it was fun. I went out to a, a gay bar with oh. my gay friends. Okay. My,
0: did, they, did you get hit on?
1: Uh, I did by, uh, a, a creepy old gay man. Oh no. He's going on this guys. That's he's not kinda, even flattering. Kind of middle-aged and he's just kind of, but like, like, and my friend who was dressed as the gay agenda. What? He, like, you know, he had, a, uh, he's dressed as a, as what he describes as a typical homosexual and he's carrying around a... State issued baby.
0: What does what does a typical homosexual dress like?
1: He had a mustache and a backwards cap. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, I don't know. So it's some kind of hipster pedophile then? Something like that. Um, yeah, that's more probably more what he, he looked like. <laughs> yeah. But his his whole thing was like gonna steal your babies, make your husbands gay, um, buy art pop on iTunes. Perfectly reasonable. He had a few other things I can't really remember what they were, but he was gay agenda. And his boyfriend was a zombie child, so they have uh, very differing tastes. Yeah, that's that's an interesting contrast. Uh, I did get hit on. Um, the, it wasn't. It was less flattering, also, because uh, my BFF, my GBFF, saw him uh, going basically from what he described as bear to bear.
0: Okay, so you're a bear. I'm a bear. Apparently, you are not a bear.
1: Apparently, I'm a a a stocky gentleman with a beard. That's a bear. Apparently, you're not a bear. I, I didn't, You're not big enough to be a bear I didn't think I was a bear either But apparently that's what. You he, don't
0: even have enough of a beard to
1: be a bear But anyway I, Basically I was his last resort And <laughs> I made it really awkward Because he was trying to chat me up And I just stared at him
0: <laughs> Just a, a I don't know what to do So I'm going to stare blankly at you Exactly I just stared at him silently
1: Until he went away He's like You Don't say anything do you I just went shook my head <laughs> i'm muted <laughs> and then he just went away so um that was my adventure your adventure in, in a gay
0: bar in a gay bar you couldn't pick anyone up disappointed in you can but enough about us let's get started shall we i suppose
1: we're we're going to run down the film that was spectre in detail in just a moment but gar what were your uh, impressions of spectre before you get started, we should enlighten our listeners. We're going to avoid ruining the movie because it is quite new, so that would not be very nice of us. Yeah. But there uh for, for those of you who, who haven't seen it yet. But uh this re- review will contain some minor spoilers and plot points. So you have been warned.
0: Spoilers, Bond is in it. <laughs> oh God. Gar. Wouldn't it be great if there was a Bond film that didn't have Bond in it? Yeah. It's just like Q and M and and like odd job just mm. going about their business. <laughs> It's like a James Bond spinoff. Yeah.
1: What happens at, like, at, uh, at the double O program
0: when James Bond isn't around. Because Daniel Craig followed through on his promise to slit his wrists when they got him to do another one. That's dark. Yeah, that's what he said, though. Yeah, but then he kind of went back on it. He'll, so he'll we'll, do another we'll, one. We'll talk, Guaranteed we'll talk more one.
1: about that later. But he kind of, when he was asked on Graham Norton, he said, I don't want to think about it right now, but I'm, he was less uh, suicidal about
0: it. More less like, suicidal. More like, we'll <laughs> see. Oh, it's such a burden being James Bond. But Gary Spectre. I have to try and avoid saying Skyfall because the, the title is close enough to Skyfall that you accidentally say it every so often.
1: I do as well. I, I w- must admit I do say it on occasion.
0: Because I, I was going with Brother Ed and uh, he was buying the tickets and he was like, make sure I don't say Skyfall. So all the way down, I was just like, Skyfall, 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 <laughs> Skyfall. <laughs> Did he say Skyfall? No, he said Spectre. Oh, I was very disappointed. It's a really good Bond film. Yeah. It's... But- it's about it's 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 about as formula as you get, but yeah. nearly all Bond films are. But that's what you want from it, surely. Yeah, more or less.
1: But I thought it kind of it gave you this kind of the nods to the the previous Bond films and you know the kind of tropes and traditions that you are used to, but it wasn't overpowering. Yeah, it didn't kind of take over the film. It it, it kind of they integrated it nicely into the plot. So you are like, oh, that's kind of funny, but it kind of then it kind of moved on. It didn't dwell on it. So, I think uh, Sam Mendes has, has uh, kind of. Struck a very good balance between, uh, the gritty realism and the kind of cool new bond, but also the kind of campness and nod not and a wink and tongue in cheek and all those other cliches. Yeah, there's a scene. There's a scene in the, the previous franchise the very
0: start where a building is collapsing and he just falls conveniently into a chair. Yeah, that kind of campiness. And, it,
1: and it's a little chuckle, and then you're gonna and it moves on to yeah. the kind of more serious bits. Chasing to a square. Because one of the criticisms I could have for Christina Roy- Royale and Quantum of Solace uh, and and don't get me wrong, I really love Casino Royale. I Great think it's film. it's probably still probably nearly his best Bond film. Um, Skyfall is also very close, but they deliberately made it gritty and realistic, and like dispensed with all the gadgets and other characters trying to be like like no, this is different now.
0: We don't and like yeah, Q wasn't even in it.
1: Like I I can understand why they wanted to establish it as something different if you're going to reboot it, but. I also don't like the fact that they kind of just erase the history. And because, as I said, that's what people look for. They like the kind of the, the the, the traditions. And I know they're kind of convenient plot points and tropes and characters, but they they make it what it is.
0: Yeah. And Sam Mendes, especially with Skyfall, Skyfall is, is a thorough embracing of Bond history. Exactly. And this, this has a lot of that in there as well.
1: Interestingly, um, Ian Fleming only saw one James Bond film. Uh, the first one, Doctor No. Yeah, and he hated it. Good, and he hated Sean Connery, but uh, he was alive during the making of uh From Russia with Love, so he apparently eventually he kind of met Sean Connery and warmed to him, and uh, he he was much happier with the direction of the second film, and uh, his Scottish her- heritage and Skyfall and all that was written retroactively as an acknowledgement of of Sean Connery being a good bond because he's got it he's a very good bond
0: isn't that a nice tidbit of information that is a nice a nice fun fact
1: but getting back to skyfall let's break let's break it down Spectre.
0: from ah oh, damn it you I did, did it. it you did you it planted it in my I brain did.
1: you planted it in my brain <laughs> uh let's get, let's get let's get back to start. so uh, from the like there's usually it, it, there's, if you're talking about the formula it starts with an opening sequence which yeah, is quite
0: the opening set piece yeah like the free running in in casino royale or the kind of train scene and skyfall that big opening action sequence yeah so one uh the basically
1: it's him pursuing an assassin who he who he's uh trying to kill basically uh he's he's uh in mexico for uh I, i've said this in recent podcasts as well I'm, I'm gonna do my lovely pronunciation again dia de los muertos that's tomorrow isn't it uh no it's in may i think
0: is it uh, i think you're thinking of cinco de mayo in uh, may no sorry yeah that's yeah I yeah i think Dia the same with those, as I butchered. Is uh the third of November? Yeah, it's it's Mexican Halloween basically, I think. Which was the day this podcast will drop. So yeah, um, slightly late this week, but that's my fault. Sorry.
1: Yeah, so you know, get over it. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be <laughs> uh, on Twitter. Um, I think it's like one of the I thought was one of the things that got, got, gave me a little chuckle were, was that um uh, basically Bond is disguised for the first while and then he reveals himself and it, make, it, it makes it that little. Bond riff. I love it. I I, I, I love that that yeah, do you,
0: and then away he goes. Yeah. So and like
1: that, that bit you know I think where he wasn't really doing parkour, but he's kind of free walking.
0: Yeah, free walking. That's yeah, that's it's like the more casual version of but free like, running.
1: But like this kinda of, this really cool tracking shot where he was just kind of uh he, he goes out of the window of his hotel and goes off to kind of pursue this uh this assassin and 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 take him out with a sniper. But he's walking on the roof of the buildings and like there's like 500 extras that were brought in for this scene because like obviously the streets of Mexico are full for this hmm. this festival and like just the backdrop of like like the people blissfully unaware of what he's doing going about their business and him walking along rooftops as they follow him. I thought that was a really cool like cool if, shot.
0: if Spectre is one thing and one thing only, it's extraordinarily stylish.
1: Oh yeah, oh, like like one of the things I was thinking about because I I knew we were going to talk about it on the podcast one of the words that I described it when I was when I was kind of walking out I was like that was a stylish Bond film and it's absolutely amazing the way it's shot it's gorgeous
0: yeah like every shot is beautifully framed it's just like exquisite to look at at times it's just like well done well done well Well done done. for creating something that's not just here's things exploding spies pew pew sex with the ladies done
1: (laughs) exactly because like it does uh, follow the formula but it is very much plot driven it has its set pieces with the fight scenes and it has the, the big opening sequence uh this has been shown on the press junket so i don't think it's uh, a spoiler to say that he basically has a fight in a helicopter or, 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 and but, like basically it's a fight to the death while the, the, the pilot is trying to try to stop fly. the thing from crashing stop the thing from crashing and he's trying to knock the guy out, out of the airplane and uh it is pretty spectacular uh just the, the, the sheer scale of the the extras and everything the way it's shot and the, the kind of suspense of the holi- the helicopter thing a little bit unrealistic I would think but it's, it's Bond who cares exactly
0: I like I I don't like people who give out about uh, realism in films it's fiction I don't care about realism but uh it it is very suspenseful
1: as in like you like you can feel the the actual dread and kind of suspense of like if I was up there like teetering off in a helicopter I'd just be freaking out. It's just like, exactly. And, he, and they're just like beating each other up, trying to knock each other out. Uh, and and they're just like, this is a normal day at the office, whereas mm-hmm. it's just like, this is not normal. <laughs>
0: this is like, like like I'd imagine I'd just be like...
1: Uh, uh, mm-hmm. just,
0: just freaking out. Just screaming. Just, just sc- screaming and just falling like, out of the helicopter in pure panic.
1: And it's like clinging out to things ins- instead of actually trying to fight Daniel Craig. I'd be like... <laughs> yeah. Don't just me. just Don't take me, me in. Take me in. <laughs> Don't kill me. But, um. Uh, and obviously, the end of this sequence leads to the the title sequence, which, uh, as well as the theme song, many many people look forward to as because it it is one of the, the traditions in Bond films to have a trippy title sequence. Yep. What did you make of it, Kerr?
0: It it made the theme song better. It did make the theme song better because the and, Sam Smith theme song is mediocre.
1: And one of the things it did that that other successful ones did it actually told the story of the film but didn't spoil it. Obviously. Yeah. In a in a little in 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 the three minute sequence for the song, it actually kind of showed the story of the film or showed it set up the plot. It kind of gave you visual c- clues as to uh, of the journey you'd be taking. And some people might think that's spoilerish, but
0: I think it's kind of cool. It's only spoilers in retrospect, which is very good design. Yeah, you know, that's, that's well written. Something you don't realize until after it happens is not a spoiler. It's not like you went. I know everything that's going to happen in this film right now. You've ruined it.
1: Yeah, it has your it has your typical naked ladies, naked Daniel Craig as well. Yeah. Um, we won't say too much about it because it is a visual feast, so I don't want to spoil it, but uh, it is something to look forward to at the start of a Bond film. It always I, is. Because it, it, cause it's it's like a little, uh, it's a little uh, side treat in itself. Uh, and I, one of the things I enjoy, I don't know why, like, the, like James Bond films always open the same way with the, with the, the turn circ- to the camera and shoot turn to the camera shoot the circle and the title sequence always opens the same way it says um the whatever presents Daniel Craig as Ian Fleming's James Bond and like they do always do it the same way and like that kind of kind of tradition I always I always enjoyed like that with long running franchises
0: like continuity
1: yeah it's like this is you know this is a James Bond film it is an official James Bond film yeah so uh,
0: we had two bond girls we did we had an older one who was there for a moment and then disappeared entirely.
1: Monica Bellucci, who at fifty one is the oldest Bond girl
0: ever, I believe. I dispute that. Go ahead. Skyfall. Judy Dench. We just we just got Dench to Yeah. She's she's the Bond girl in that film. Yeah. Not not really officially, but she's the Bond girl. Like there there is one kind of throwaway Bond girl in there, isn't isn't there? Bonnie's yeah. in like China. Yeah. She's not the Bond girl. Judy Dench is the Bond girl of that film. She gets killed, isn't she? Yeah. Yes. which is it was a kind of a driver of the plot of specter yeah she's in it ever so briefly she is Do you think she got paid for that she probably well she, she, she she's there as as a video scre- uh, clip on a screen for literally five seconds and then her picture's in it later
1: she is credited on IMDb, so she, you know she got paid <laughs> well she might have done it a favor i guess but she still probably got paid <laughs> Like a probably a you know what do they call it a sag the, the sag rate the yeah. sag rate or something like that, but um, yeah we had Monica Bellucci who who was basically uh, kind of a, again a, a footnote to kind of drive the story forward. If she
0: disappears altogether. They're always like, oh you're going to get me killed, and then she he just goes away and she's never seen again. Basically, he seduces her to get what he wants, sleeps with her, and then leaves her there to yep. die. Basically, I we assume she dies because we, we never hear from her again.
1: Yeah. The the main uh bond girl in it is uh Leah Sado. I
0: no S- idea. Sado. S- 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 it's French.
1: Yeah, she she's <laughs> been. you might have uh have seen her in things like Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, Inglorious Bastards and the Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh I really liked her. I thought I thought she was feisty.
0: I thought she fell in love with him too easily.
1: That was a yeah, that was another uh uh, we'll call it bond trope that's yeah, like
0: it's just like i look into your deeply wise and now i'm deeply in love
1: it's like i hate you i'm resisting you all of a sudden i'm in love with you because we've shared him. a trauma
0: it didn't even bang him it's not, well she did eventually yeah but it's like no i'm not gonna bang you and then uh bang yeah yeah
1: but she um she was a bit more complex than other ones i i would say
0: was she she had more of a story, I suppose.
1: She was kind of integral to the plot.
0: Yeah, but she was still there just to be like, I'm falling in love with you instantly.
1: Yeah. But I, I suppose she was like, uh, you know, there's not like, I, I hate to say it, but like female roles, especially in Bond films are practically non-existent. They they aren't written very well, but she was, she was made to be a little bit more opinionated and kind of um, competent than
0: other Bond girls. And she only needed to be saved once.
1: Yeah, and she was she was able to hold her own. About
0: twice she was saved. She was saved them when she was first found as well. Yeah. She only needed to be saved twice. <laughs> she
1: she was able to hold her own for the most part. Yeah. So yeah, uh, but like, uh, she was a, a very nice looking lady. She like I, I always like the way that they choose like not like except you know they cho- sometimes they choose bankers like Halle Berry and the like, but like they choose non typical looking girls i I'm not I'm not saying anything about. The, her look i mean she's you're a, saying she's an Ugo can no i'm not saying she's an uglygo she's the a picked go- an ogo she's a she's a gorgeous girl but what i'm saying is they they um they she, don't go for like like a certain type of girl they go for all, all different types of girls yeah uh but uh what well, as moving swiftly on like equally as anticipated as the bond girl is the bond baddie or the villain christoph waltz who
0: played um you can slightly spoil something but we won't
1: no, well, Spectre is is from the classic novels and uh, films, so it's it's still, not it's, it's not really a spoiler. Still, we're not
0: going to spoil it, Ken. It's a reveal toward the end of the film. Yes,
1: he plays Franz Oberhauser. That's 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 the official word for yeah, now.
0: Who is, is, is has a, a a past with James Bond?
1: Yes, which is interesting. Uh, basically, the the plot of this film links all four of Daniel Craig's films. Yeah, and th- it wasn't ex- uh, it wasn't a the plan all along. It was a retroactive active um way of doing it so like like it all makes sense in us in in the way they do it because all these people are terrorists and spectre is a terrorist organization so it's like it, it would make sense that they were all under the, the spectra uh spectra, spectra
0: spectra spectra they're all in the spectrum of spectre
1: good one Gar. yeah but um like like but they kind of switch things around like quantum Sol- solace like quantum was a terrorist organization of its own and now in this film it's a subsidiary of Spectre
0: I can't remember anything that happened in Quantum the only good... I remember not liking it yeah but I can't remember anything that happened in Quantum two
1: impressions about that film or three didn't like it it had no middle and the only good thing about it was the theme song
0: yes which we will probably talk about when we talk about Bond the theme songs in a moment
1: yeah well we're going to stick to this theme song and then in the next segment we'll kind of have a retrospective yeah just, just to let you know what the plan is but uh what do you make of Christoph Waltz as a villain guy?
0: Yeah? I, I, I like him because he's kind of quiet yeah. as opposed to kind of over the top and like mustache twirling. I'm a villain. He's more like, I'm a bad guy. This yeah. is what I'm doing.
1: And they ca- and a uh, slight spoiler here, but like Spectre as an organization was pop- popped up multiple, multiple times in the books and the films. So uh, they kind of established him as a villain that could come back. Yeah. Which I don't like when they just kill off villains because it's, it's unrealistic.
0: Cause, and more often than not, they bring them back anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so just don't kill them off. It's insulting to the audience to kill these people off.
1: But he just kind of had like, uh, and his motivation, uh, which we won't reveal either, but it's like, just like, that's like quietly, uh, you're you're just like a, a quiet psychopath. Yeah. You're just like, this, uh,
0: basically it's, he has daddy issues. Yeah just jealousy basically jealousy he's basically jealous of James Bond it's like, the, like <laughs> so he wants to kill him and everything he stands for
1: <laughs> and that, and that's like in some ways you could say that's kind of thin but it's it's simple yeah. it's just it's like i hate you I, I i i'm jealous of what you have and what you've taken from me so i'm going so to kill you, you yeah
0: and not just kill you kill everyone around you so <laughs>
1: So Christoph Waltz gets the thumbs up. Uh, he he is one of the actors of the moment, so I, I think it was kind of a uh uh a, a shrewd move and and a move that will kinda of bring in a lot of a, a lot of gravitas to it, because you know he is a double Oscar winner in recent years. Mm-hmm. We have two other uh villains, uh, side villains as such. We have uh, Dave Bautista Big or, or Bautista some people know him, as Mr. Hinks. He uh,
0: speaks one word in the whole film. Yeah. He, he, i remember him talking about how he doesn't just you know choose roles he, he, he wants a, a deeper character he is a a lug for hire who follows bond around occasionally gets in fight scenes and then is gone from, uh, eventually says so one word
1: yeah deep when,
0: character when
1: he exits the film let's just say i thought, I thought it was quite unceremonious it was like i was like is that it Yep. i know he encountered him like two or three times before that but it's like oh I'm just kind of go bye on. dave
0: Bye See you day. next time. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I think they. like I think he's well able to speak in films. I think it's kind of uh, it, like I, I don't know if that's a deliberate choice, but I think that the time of the kind of quiet assassin henchmen is is gone. It yeah. is Th- this cliche. Won't,
0: this won't do nearly as much for his like acting credibility as Guardians of the Galaxy did.
1: Yeah, I mean, like this should be a big thing for his career, but in in, in
0: the end, he's kind of a footnote in it. This is Kevin Nash and the Punisher. You know. Yeah. It's just that big guy there to throw in fight scenes and look scary yeah um
1: but you know it is a big big coup for him but i don't know as you said how much has it done for him that he just didn't like i could like i don't know i'm not saying he had to have lots of lines but he, like it just would have made sense for him to speak i don't know what was the choice behind him not speaking i don't know but apparently um apparently he said in interviews that's the reason he got the job that's what sam mendez was looking for but i think it's a bit of a cliche at this stage
0: Hmm. Uh, fo- uh, uh, well the next one Is a spoiler though I look at my script The next person You're going to mention Is a villain That's a spoiler
1: It is a spoiler bush But uh, Back when the casting Was made He was mentioned As being Farhan as a villain
0: Still Still a spoiler We, we will withhold it I
1: We saw. will okay
0: i'm i'm a very nice person when it comes to spoilers
1: but uh this person this final villain i don't think he was very consequential at all no
0: him. not at all he was kind of there for a while and then disposed of quite easily yeah
1: and not nearly as use. this person i will say and i'm not gonna say who he is as as you say go it's funny it's hard to review a film without kind of spoiling it but yeah. we're, we're succeeding sort of so far this person had the chops to be a villain on his own i yeah. think he's, he's known for playing villains He's played a very famous villain. Not He's not, he's just not, uh, he's not of any consequence. And he's just like a side after, again, an afterthought. So yeah, I think um, in one sense, I can see what they're doing with that because you can't have like three villains. You can't. Christoph
0: Waltz is the, the villain. Yeah. You the rest are just pawns in his game.
1: Yeah. You can't take away from him as such by having too many kind of big players. But uh, I don't think it did anything for either people.
0: No, honest. I'm not really. So let's it's uh let's uh talk uh is this is this gonna be his last one do you think ken
1: i don't know like uh this is the most ambitious one they've ever done i mean they've gone to how many locations uh london rome austria morocco mexico um uh, they've, they've gone big with it um is this gonna kind of have like a last hurrah like giving it everything or is it just trying to top Skyfall because it was so successful um as I said, uh, it's not a spoiler but this ties together all his plots
0: and he he rides off into a sunset a little at the end. Yeah, but so that's kind of every bond film.
1: Yeah, but not uh, not recently. There's kind of they've let, like especially Casino Royale to the Quantum, they've left things hanging in the air. Yeah, like Casino Royale they killed her off in the
0: end and he's very depressed.
1: Yeah. So, uh if they were if he wasn't to do another one, it would be a good place to leave it because they did tie everything together. Yeah. And he did kind of, as you said, send him off on his his little bit of a happy ending, as happy as Bond can have, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's, I mean, uh, basically, it's, it all depends how this one does, I suppose, because they'll be desperate for him to do it if it has the same kind of effect. Well, it's already broken
0: records in the UK.
1: Forty million pounds in its opening week.
0: Yeah, it's done eighty million internationally. It's not out in the US for another week, I don't think. This week, I think. Is it this? Yeah, this end of this week.
1: So the gross is eighty point three. Uh, million so far based on a three hundred million budget which ties it for the most expensive film ever made. Until Batman comes out. Pro- yeah, that's, that's Batman
0: and Superman uh, is is currently touted to be the most expensive film ever made.
1: It's it's tied with uh Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Ties at the moment. So it is a huge investment. Yeah. Like if they're if you're talking to kind of root of thumb of of getting one and a, uh, of getting one and a half times the gro uh the the what it costs, so that's about four hundred and fifty before you get kind of profit.
0: That's a lot of tickets. And no Bond film prior to Skyfall ever brought in more than half a billion worldwide. Yeah. So Skyfall was like this monster hit. But the rest of the Bond films have all been very successful, but they've been more modestly successful.
1: But can you can you attribute that to higher ticket prices?
0: I don't know. Well, it made 1.1 billion, so it, it doubled the, the previous success rate, so... Skyfall did very, very well.
1: But uh, one thing we're going to talk about in our in our Bond retrospective uh, shortly is that it it has uh, been the the franchise has been victim to uh, many rights issues over the years. Yeah, and possibly I think one of the reasons Skyfall was so successful because it was it was like um, two thousand eight, like it was four years in the making, so there was a lot of anticipation. There was the fiftieth anniversary around it, uh. So it had a lot going for it, a lot of attention towards it, and it was very, very good. So it lived up to the hype. So and uh, you know, they had the buzz around the Adele theme song and everything like yeah. that. So uh, I, 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 just don't think it's gonna to reach that height again. I, I, I think it'll be successful, but I don't. I think it'll run out of steam quicker.
0: Somehow, I think yeah, Skyfall. Uh, it doesn't, it won't, ha- it doesn't quite have the same word of mouth as Skyfall. Skyfall had a Skyfall very, was a better film.
1: Skyfall, Skyfall had a very long run as well. Yeah, this, 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 fi-
0: this film is a very good Bond film. It's not like a top quality must see film. Yeah, like Skyfall was. Yeah.
1: So I think uh, I th- I think Daniel Craig will probably be tempted to do another one, but I don't think if, if he does do another one
0: the next one's his last yeah
1: he won't do another one after that so uh i'm pretty sure he's contracted for another one but he like the way he talks and the way they kind of did it in the film it it could make sense for him to kind of call it a day here Mm. that's specter go see it do go see it what do you think about the latest james bond adventure let us know on twitter at twskk and on facebook at facebook.com forward slash twskk we're curious to hear your thoughts we will be, right, we'll be right back after a quick break to continue our discussion with a look back at the past entries in the Bond film franchise. Stick around. You're
0: listening to The Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney.
1: Download every Sunday at soundcloud.com slash The Weekend
0: Show. Welcome back to this Bond-themed edition of The Weekend Show. We are continuing our celebration of Ian Fleming's iconic creation with a trip down memory lane to look at the previous 23 offerings in James Bond's film canon. We've already briefly touched on some of them, but we'll go deeper. Deeper. The Bond films have some iconic characters, tropes, traditions, and have also had their fair share of controversies. But first things first, Ken. What do you think makes this character so appealing to moviegoers? Why do people like Bond? Why do they keep going to see him?
1: Um, I think it, it's, it's fantasy and it's like living vicariously through a person like, uh, you just sit in the film, munch your popcorns, like look at a man where he was like, gets all the women, the cars, like he's, he's basically invincible. He he can beat everyone while making his suit look impeccable and not scratch on him. So I think part of it is just because he's such, he's such a, a cool character and he's just, he's but also because, uh, Ian Fleming wrote some, some very good novels, uh, so there was a, a lot of source material there, uh, and you know, that does make a difference because, as you know, uh, some of the Bond films that were not based on books, uh, weren't as good. So, I think there's something to be said for the the source material as well. Being rich, uh, and it's just it's just, I think people have taken it into like, this side of the world. I know it's we're not British because we're fr- from Ireland, but. Uh, people have taken it to their hearts and they've identified with James Bond because it's one of those things that qu- that's quintessentially British. It's the same as Doctor Who. So, so people have actually given it that iconic status because they it, it represents our values as such. Does that make sense?
0: So basically it's a man's fantasy. Yeah. he's Banging chicks and drinking booze and driving cars and shooting guys. It's that,
1: it's that typical cliche. Uh, men want to be him and women want to be with him, basically. Right. What do you think, Er?
0: He's just super cool. Yeah, that's that's all you need for a good character. So you look at me in my suit; I'm cooler than you, and
1: I can kill you. I've got a license to kill. I'm
0: going straight for your heart, Ken.
1: What makes a good Bond film, guy? Let's 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 start it off with that question.
0: Well, they're very formulaic, as we said. Opening sequence, a uh, theme song to fancy titles. Uh, then there's kind of the the beginning of the plot, the Bond girl introduced, and then the big finale where then he bangs the Bond girl and then goes saves the day. That's a Bond film. That's every Bond film pretty much ever made.
1: Yeah. Some of them deviate from a little bit, but I think it's just, it's just, you you could probably boil it down to a few things. A good villain. Yep. A good theme song. Mm -hmm. Um, Theme song is vital. The theme song is something like like that, like almost as anticipated as the film itself. Or if there's a new James Bond, like the reveal is the theme song. They pick some pretty timely people Recently, with Adele and Sam Smith, because they're like the the big people of the moment. But like, uh, just get back to my point: a good villain, good theme song, either an attractive or a a well cast Bong girl. So there's kind of two categories: there's the ones who are eye candy, and there were the ones who are actually good actresses that actually. Where does Madonna fall? Make good companions. Let's not talk about that.
0: (laughs) We'll get on to that later. She also has a terrible theme song.
1: She also That was one of the worst. Uh, Die another day. Die another day it's so oh, i want to kill her i want to kill her so theme,
0: song, theme songs are vital because the opening credits the the opening sequences are only as good as their theme songs yes terrible theme songs they suck great theme songs they're awesome yeah so there's like casino royale's opening where he's he's in the bathroom he picks the gun off the floor turns shoots the camera and they merge the opening credits with the turn and shoot it's like and oh and the theme song kicks in and it's you know my name by chris Cornel. of course cornell which is a brilliant song for that scene
1: it gives you that little chill up your yeah, spine it's
0: like D-d-d-d-d-d-d-d. it's like yes perfect
1: uh i think also uh the gadgets yeah become a big part of it and they kind of dispense with that which is why what kind of pure bondists
0: i, I did like in skyfall so it's like what do you expect out of this <laughs> yeah it's like i gave you a gun that you can only shoot because of your palm print which is pretty nifty yeah. what do you what do you expect some kind of exploding toothpaste yeah so they kind of uh, kind of take
1: the, take the proverbial piss out of it But they also kind of uh, pay homage to it Yeah Varied locations I would say is another good thing People kind like to glow see Kind of blow and spy action Yeah people like to see that And uh, set pieces So you, you want to like, And it is, it is a formula But as you said So you want a strong opening And a strong ending as well
0: And a strong theme song Strong theme song Favorite theme song Ken a View to a Kill oh, we're, by Duran Duran yeah, we're, we're, we're in sync when it comes to the theme song It also has a really good title sequence to it One of
1: the, one of the things they actually do And it's subtle and sometimes you don't notice it, is uh, The theme song is also the score for the movie Yeah And that works really well with A View to a Kill
0: Yeah actually actually, I think Sam Smith's theme song Worked better as a score than it did as a theme song
1: What's your favourite Bond film guy? on that trend?
0: oh, uh, Skyfall
1: Skyfall, really? You Why? See,
0: you see, a lot of the older Bond films meld into one in my head. Like, Connery kind of stands out and Pierce kind of stands out. But, uh, like, Lazenby, Moore and Dalton merge into one.
1: Basically, Lazenby was a one and done. Yeah. He, uh, he claims that he decided not to do another one. Sure. He was, he was, he was, uh, excuse my French, he was shit-canned. <laughs> they fired him. You're out. Um, but, like, he was a model, and they asked him to do it based purely on his looks. So, yeah. uh, uh, like can he he was he was so wooden in his delivery, they had to overdub him in some parts. <laughs> but uh, to his credit, where he, uh, and this is not a spoiler because it's like fifty years old. But uh, well, uh, yeah, he,
0: spoiling the old films is fine.
1: <laughs> when his uh his companion dies in that film, you uh, don't the scene in the car where she gets shot by one of the villains, obviously, or the henchmen. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, he's mourning her uh, to You've Got All the Time in the World by Louis Armstrong. He he actually does actually do some pretty solid acting in that scene. He shows up. Yeah, he does show up. My favorite Bond film is, is Goldeneye. Ooh. Goldeneye fierce. is a very solid film. Very solid film. It has, uh, has all the things. Has It has a, a, a strong Bond girl who's actually, you know, not one of those kind of typical Bond girls. She actually kind of gets involved. Yeah. Um, Tina Turner, wasn't it? No, Tina Turner did the theme song. Yeah. Which is... Golden like golden uh, yeah it's like and like do you know that uh, talk about melding the opening sequence which he motorcycles a plane uh, or he follows a plane on a motorcycle off a cliff and then skydives to catch the plane yeah when it's about to crash and then he does then he doesn't crash the plane and then it melds into din 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 and and li- li- it, <laughs>
0: And it had a really good game as well. It had a really good game, on which is
1: which is is an iconic game as well. Mm. It, it, I think it, it had it had a pretty strong villain as well, Gold um, So it had a lot going for it. So like this brings us on to a, a, another favorite. Who's your favorite Bond gear? Um,
0: hmm. It's either Pierce or Daniel Craig. Yeah, because I think Daniel Craig's done a hell of a job. Yeah, it's kind of a cool, serious Bond.
1: Yeah. But they they've kind of reintroduced a little bit more of the campness, not taking away from the seriousness, but they've kind of brought in kind of the lightness again, which I like. I think they got a bit too serious for a while.
0: Well, yeah, and and Pierce's run was a little goofy.
1: Yeah, but in fairness, Roger Moore, nobody can <laughs> nobody can to match him for for goofiness and campness. And I think because uh, like Timothy Dalton, many see him as a failure as James Bond because he only did two but um he, that actually was due to another rights dispute that he was supposed to be in goldeneye but um it never got made at the time because he, there was a rights issue uh when they asked him to do it he said he just resigned from the role because <laughs> he was signed up to do two more i think so but he just went i don't want to do it anymore uh by the time it came around but um so like uh the rights issues do actually shape the franchise in some ways but apparently they wanted pierce brosnan earlier but he was tied to remington steel and they nearly the show was nearly cancelled but he was contracted to them and it got renewed so he had to <laughs> they were like damn it uh, but uh, basically people accused Timothy Dalton's bonds of being too gritty and realistic Which too is
0: violent very much what Daniel Craig is at the moment
1: and what was embraced so maybe they were ahead of their time yeah. and he probably suffered from seven full films of campness with Roger Moore Yeah, uh, of, of basically parody and comedy is what they were uh, the most serious uh, Roger Moore Film i can think of is the man with the golden gun where it's he's where you actually feel like he's in danger and he's taking it seriously uh living that die is possibly another one which also is a great theme song but roger moore like and the people like oh oh he was he was he was like he kind of he was too camp and he kind of ruined it and turned it into a parody um uh, i think like you have to enjoy it's like uh different versions of Doctor Who different versions of batman you enjoy them from
0: what they are like obviously they can't all be the same
1: The joel schumacher ones are bonkers and they're the
0: best and zany and if anybody says a bad word about batman and robin you're wrong
1: but you know what you know what i'm saying people accuse them of being parody and and a joke but they're different they're a different interpretation i will admit that he did a view to a kill that was his last one uh, and he was a bit old to be doing it at that point yeah because like apparently they tapped timothy dalton to do it when they couldn't get uh pierce brosnan uh, and um, he was set to do it, and then they kind of agreed Roger Moore would do it at the last minute. And in that film, he's looking very, very old, and <laughs> it's, it's it is a bit ridiculous, but it does have it leading me on. Karen, say, see in the way I'm seamlessly melding them in to my favorite villain, right? Who is uh, uh Max Zorin, played by uh Christopher Walken, mm, uh, Christopher Walken, who's basically a genetically created clone person, right? And he's just like a, a multi-millionaire who's who's a psychopath
0: apparently the top 10 bond villains if you pool their net worth they're worth 26 billion dollars interesting according to forbes but who probably uh, just made people, that up
1: people will think this is ridiculous but his plan made sense to me it's outlandish but it made <laughs> sense basically what he does is he buys up a, a large holding or a large stockpile of computer chips and then his plan is to basically use bombs under the fault line in the Silicon Valley to sink it, meaning that production would halt. <laughs> and
0: then he'd sell the computer chips to them.
1: Yeah, like for to the highest bidder for at uh, a massive markup, so he'd control the world's computers.
0: <laughs> Supply and demand economics is his method of controlling but like, the world. As bonkers
1: as that is, it's just like yeah, makes perfect sense. Yeah. It had a very Vito uh, uh, also had a very strong Bond girl who was a. Like, uh, and they've done this a few times, but like, you know, kind of the double agent, the bonger is also uh, working for the villain. Yeah. uh, Or the double double agent. Oh God, her name is escaping at the moment. She's a singer and she's Jamaican. I don't like cricket. And she's black. I love it. Uh, uh, It's going to come to me after the podcast and that's going to really annoy me. But, uh, uh, or or I'll just say it all of a sudden later in the conversation. (laughs) Yeah, it'll just be like,
0: (laughs) Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> I can edit it later.
1: Ah, do you know what's that thing where it's at the front of your brain, but you yep. can, it literally won't come out? But uh, I just I think that uh, as camp as it is, and as as oh, as past his time as as he was, uh, I think a lot of the elements come together to make it a good film. Uh, theme song, uh, theme song. At the end, they fight in a blimp over the Golden Gate Bridge. Come on,
0: an opening credits, a good opening credits with it the did. neon stuff. Yeah
1: so it, and like one of the things one of the treats we had recently was um a sky movies bond 007 which yeah which well that was well it was three years ago now for skypot it doesn't seem like it was three years ago but That's a long time ago. i got to see a lot of those bond films uh so close second i think would be scaramanga for the man with the golden mm. gun played by christopher lee who actually like he's the first bond villain that i actually you would actually kind of fear he had like a genuine sense of dread for well, like,
0: christopher lee is terrifying
1: that and he was like a really deadly assassin, and Bond like met his match, and that was interesting, you know. So, uh, I'm an odd
0: job guy, by the way. Yeah, mostly because he has a, a steel rimmed hat that can chop heads off things. So, what theme,
1: more do you need? Theme songs make it, title sequences make it.
0: You see, I like title sequences because they're all kind of vaguely the same. Yeah, there's silhouettes, there's guns, there's like ladies moving sensuously, <laughs> there's usually some kind of glass shattering and, and weird things happening yeah and odd lighting i'd love if, if one of them was just bond just going about doing mundane things yeah making a sandwich uh, pressing his suit paying his taxes renewing his license to kill
1: but there is something to be said for it because it actually helps with the pacing in the film because you have that big opening sequence and it brings you down a bit and it sets the tone to get you sets the tone get you back into the kind of groove just of actually building the groundwork of of building the, pro- the plot so i think it's actually clever in a way as well what else have we got to talk about here Bond wise. Uh, one of the things, as you said there, that hurts the franchise at times is that the rights battles kind of scupper Timothy Dalton's Bond. Yeah.
0: Because um, the Bond never really gets an ending. None of them have ever really gotten endings. Yeah,
1: just stop doing
0: it. Do you think they'll ever actually make a canon that it's a code name? Because it's the easiest thing ever to make canon.
1: Yeah, but, like, with Skyfall, they kind of established that he's James Bond because that's his family name and all that.
0: Well, yeah, sure. That's what it, they say his family name is. That's what's yeah. in the records. They change the records again when he becomes Bond. Duh.
1: But, like, that, it, like with the kind of thing of bringing, like, the whole thing of these of modern, uh, you know, cinema lore and all that, The whole all the goal is to bring the canon into line with each other. Yeah. So, I, I've, I've been saying this for years. You know, you've been you've sick of me saying this, but, like, what if it's a code name? That way, anyone can be James Bond, and it all makes sense. It does that. All uh, these like, people
0: are James Bond. That's the reason Judy Dench is 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 there for Pierce and there for him, yeah, or for Daniel Craig. She was there for Pierce, wasn't she? Yeah. yeah. That's the reason she's there for two different Bonds because it's a code name. Just like she's like she's just like M is a code name now. We she, have we have Voldemort running MI five. <laughs> yeah, she
1: was succeeded by Voldemort, so it does make a lot of sense. And that way, you could technically go anywhere with it, and the internet will get there their wish and, and idris elba might be james bond although uh, speaking about the, f- the future of the franchise I, th- I think there's been so much talk about idris elba that it's not going to happen now
0: it's basically scuppered him just by not being a surprise anymore yeah
1: But as we, uh, conversely though the the weight between quantum of solace and skyfall helped skyfall in the end to be successful i think yeah so that's kind of because it builds anticipation but you just kind of worry about it because this, ten, I think it's it's like in the history of the franchise, it's popped up like three or four times where there's been disputes over the rights. Yeah. And basically, the last time, MGM almost went bankrupt. And nearly sold it. And then they, they got themselves together again. And now they're like back on top of Hollywood. They're all over the place. Because
0: they distributed the Hobbit films as well, didn't they? Uh,
1: there's a really interesting documentary called Everything or Nothing. That's actually uh, a little bit of a, a of a of a trivia tidbit for you. Aeon Productions that produced the Bond films. That's what it stands for. Everything or nothing. Ah, there you go. But uh, basically, it tells the history of the franchise, the Broccoli family who acquired the rights the kind of the early efforts that the people don't really think about James Bond on screen. Mm. Uh, the rights battles, just getting in the Bond films on screens. The the clashes with Sean Connery. Uh, it's it was available on, on Netflix. I don't think it is anymore. So, but it's a cheeky Netflix. You can find it online, probably on Amazon. Everything or nothing just tells the story of James Bond on film. And it's truly fascinating. It was made for the 50th anniversary recently.
0: And Ken, if you make it being codenamed canon, you can do the crossover. Just do the crossover.
1: Like where like there's more than one James Bond. Yeah. Oh my God.
0: Because like whoever's next, I, I, you, can, you can use the film to introduce them. Because you have Daniel Craig, you have Pierce Brosnan, who's not too old not to do it. Because the rest of them kind of are... They can show up. They can show up in like uh, uh, Tom Baker, the day of the doctor kind of roles. Yeah. Or he's just like, oh, I'm here talking. Here's some stage advice. Yeah. But yeah. And then they can introduce the new guy. Pass the torch.
1: So we're going to wrap up our talk about Bond with saying the future of Bond is making Bond being a codename canon. So we can, first of all, everything falls into place. Everything makes sense. That's that's point one. Point two is you can literally take it anywhere. Anyone can be James Bond. And point three is that you can do the crossover.
0: And it would make a good plot for an individual film.
1: Exactly. If you're listening, Barbara Bo- uh, Broccoli, I was going to say Buckley, I don't know why, that's probably the Irish in me. Get it done. Yeah, Come do on. it. I'll write it. it terrible. Pay us. Oh. We said it now, so you have to pay us.
0: <laughs> it's our intellectual property.
1: <laughs> what are your favourite Bond films? Have you got a preferred baddie or Bond girl? What do you think is the quintessential Bond theme? So many questions. Make your voice heard, as always, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. You nearly got there. I nearly got there. but I think I, I think, see, it's the
0: Facebook one that throws
1: you. It always throws me, but I, 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 I all turn into a song to try and cover my tracks, <laughs> but it doesn't work. Or on Twitter at TWSKK. We will be right back with this week's picks. Stay tuned.
0: You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook
1: you're listening to the weekend show with myself ken kidney and my lovely co-host garrett it's time now again for netflix in case you've forgotten here's how it goes each week we give you some choice entertainment options available but not just for your eyes only to peruse on the world wide web do you like my bond my bond pun there for british eyes only for british eyes only Mm,
0: it's an arrested development reference
1: yeah, watch that. That's, that's our Netflix this week. Yeah, watch the rest Madison of it. That's a good show. It's on Netflix. It actually is on Netflix. So it is. You can check it out. That's our a sneaky pre Netflix. Yeah. What have you got first for us this week?
0: I, I usedn't understand how bad films were made. Usedn't. That's a very Irish thing. Usedn't. <laughs> you know, you, you watch bad films, do you wonder that usually like fifty to hundred people work on a film. Yeah. All these people coming together and somehow they make something atrocious. Yeah. You wonder how that happens. This week, I've been watching Project Greenlight, which is a show where Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and a bunch of other people, uh, the Farley brothers, pick a person to uh, film, make their first film. They give them three million dollars and say, that as a first time director, here's your first film. Work away. Yeah. And I've gained a, a, an acute understanding of how bad films are made.
1: <laughs> You've told me to watch this, but unfortunately, I didn't have time for the podcast, so I, I will be checking it out in the next week.
0: Yeah, because because you have the studio who wants certain things. You have the director who can constantly be undermined by, say, his director of photography or his cameraman or producers or his, his producers or his actors who want different things out of the film or his script writers or his casting directors. Because I was watching season three where, where the casting director desperately wanted to get her friend in the film. So yeah. she kind of went above the head of the director or, and went straight to the studio and got her into the film, even though the director didn't want her in the film. That's horrible. It is. And she tried to justify it. It's like, you totally went over his head. Stop doing that. It must be so soul crushing. Yeah. And you, because you you assume when you watch a film, you know, there's there's hundreds of people working together in unison toward a common goal. That's not the case all the time. It seems like they're working against each other to to drive their own agendas. Yeah. And that's that's Hollywood for you, I guess. And then you have the producer who's like, look, we have three million dollars. You can't do this stuff. And then it's like, well, you have 20 days to film it. We have to make our days. So if you don't get what you wanted, you have to move on. So that you understand how bad films are made. I now know how bad films are made, Ken.
1: Where can people find Project Greenlight? I know I'll be checking it out.
0: The, the first three seasons are on YouTube. The current season's airing on HBO.
1: Is this legit now? or uh,
0: Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe.
1: <laughs> it's a weekend show with Ken Yudin. Neither endorses copyright for infringement or or
0: a uh, fragrant... Fragrant 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 It smells nice Flagrant Flagrant Ah Fragrant Fragrant is Is you being mean To Japanese people Ah yes
1: Uh, the <laughs> That's right ra- Who's the racist one now You said it Not me Uh, Basically If What was it I can't even remember We don't that. endorse it We don't endorse Though it So
0: YouTube exists Go look at it
1: Yeah exactly We don't endorse it But you know
0: Seriously it's It's fascinating To watch all these people Argue with each other Over what's happening
1: The internet happens uh, so check it out, and don't blame us if That's you get if you get
0: sued. Project Greenlight. There's four seasons of it now.
1: My first one, uh, Gar, is a uh, is a timely one. Uh, this last week we had Back to the Future Day, where the film Back to the Future Two caught up with the modern day. So we don't
0: have hoverboards, can
1: we? Don't have hoverboards. It's it's uh, basically. Uh, I'm gonna space on the date. The 22nd October. Fifth. Ah, October I knew it was close 2015. Uh basically it's uh Back to the Future is no longer the future now. It's now set in the past. Yeah,
0: that's weird. Back to the Future is officially set in the past now. They move into the current past.
1: I didn't get any of the other hype over, but that that was the most interesting part of it to me. Yeah. Uh but it is great film. I love Michael J. Fox. It it is his quintessential film. Uh but they recently released a Netflix documentary called Back in Time that talked about how the film uh got off the ground, how it was made the fandoms that have emerged from it uh and what they do they have like cons and they have role plays they have do they have a name websites uh not really oh that's disappointing i can't really think of one you'd call them the time splitters i don't know but it, it uh, the documentary actually gets all the the main cast members it gets robert Zemeckis, who who directed the film so it is a legit documentary and it's just a fascinating like we talked about fandoms recently but, like, all these, like, not only fandoms, but industries, spin-off industries that were created out of people who love this film. Yeah. But one of the things is the people creating their own DeLoreans. It's a whole subculture.
0: I'm surprised, it, like, DeLorean went under, didn't they? Yeah. As far as that film didn't single-handedly keep them afloat.
1: In, like, a year. But, like, one of the points made in the film, and it's a very good point, is the only reason it's, a, it's, it's an iconic vehicle is because of the film and because it didn't last. Yeah. If it was still around today, it would just be just like, oh, it's just another car. But because you can't get them. Yeah. that's why they're they're iconic um and i think it's just really interesting like the the, the 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 way they talk about like how it was made like directors today film school students today revere it as one of the better the best films ever written
0: they get time travel mostly right
1: mostly right and it's very hard like the continuity in it is really difficult but apparently like robert zemeckis had like real trouble getting it off the ground because nobody wanted to make it but then he made *Romancing the Stone*. If you have ever seen that film with Michael Douglas, and because that was successful, people wanted to let him make it, uh, and he got Spielberg attached. Spielberg was always attached, but he just couldn't get it made. Really,
0: Spielberg couldn't get it made. Yeah,
1: so like, what? This wh- was
0: post *Indiana Jones* and *Jaws*. But in
1: fairness, like they, like he just he he worked with uh, Steven Spielberg a lot, and then uh, they couldn't get this film made. He just said, "I want to make a film that's my film, like not uh, me producing for him." So he created M- Romancing the Stone, massive hit, and then that's how he got it made. Uh, one of the interesting things is they w- originally wanted Michael J. Fox, but he was tied to Family Ties. Yeah. And he couldn't do it. So they decided to start shooting with Eric Stoltz, who was an 80s kind of teen idol as well, who people forget about today because of the re- yeah. One of the main reasons is that he was. And he was not- so
0: bad, they dumped him and got Michael, begged Michael J. Fox to do Apparently it. Apparently the,
1: the jokes just weren't landing. They they, they shot six weeks. Yeah that's a long time a lot to dumb before he was also shit canned yep I love that term
0: that, it's actually that's a, a fringe deals with alternate universes and in one of the alternate universes there's a banner saying back to the future starring Eric Schultz
1: that's not, that's a nice tension to detail there yeah but uh, first of all it's one, one like it is one of the better, best films ever made because I, I always, I'm I always as I always said attracted to things that have legacies and it's just stood the test of time people love it today people who were who weren't around when it was made like, discovered young people who love it.
0: If you never watch Back to the Future, go watch it. Watch
1: all three of them. They're I'm all not, pretty good. I'm not
0: sure are they on Netflix. They might not be. But no, you, I you can get the DVDs pretty cheap.
1: On Amazon. Amazon should start sponsoring us. Yes.
0: We, but, we could get an affiliate link, actually. But, yes.
1: But uh, I think it's fascinating because, like, even filmmaking, in filmmaking school, they use that script as, like, this is how you write a script. So, like, like it's just one of those things that you, and, and they made a point in the film before I move on. That you can't account for it, it's just all those little elements came together and you got lightning in the bottle, and you had this thing that just that that was bigger than the movie itself because it's created all these subcultures it's still alive today and it's still as relevant even though it's thirty years old and now technically set in the past, so that's back in time on netflix it's I don't think it's a Netflix original, but it's widely available on Netflix as well. so Gar, moving on to your second pick.
0: Karen, what is the the best kind of pleasant surprise of Disney and Pixar films? Uh, Shorts. It's the short, Ken. The little, uh, usually five to seven minute long animated short before most Disney and Pixar films. It's
1: like an unexpected
0: treat. Yeah. It's just like, here's a nice little thing before you watch the big thing that you came here to see. And uh, on Netflix at the moment, there is a compilation of these shorts. It's called Walt Disney Animation Studios Short Film Collection. It's focused on the Disney side as opposed to the Pixar side. But it's a collection of mostly the most recent shorts right up to Frozen Fever. Ooh. So it, it's, it's some of the more recent ones, including stuff like um, Paperman and Get on a Horse and Feast.
1: Oh, I, I think they're all Academy Award-winning. Well, except yeah. except Get on a Horse. I think
0: didn't I thought they all won, did they? Because Paperman was the first time a short one since like the '60s or something. Yeah, it was a very long Paperman. was a great short.
1: So these are animated. These are like and I, I and we're in a golden age of animation. I think Disney can do no wrong these days. I think it's because they have a young set of animators that get. To cut their teeth doing this kind of work and it's a really great feeder program i think
0: yeah because uh it's it's a ninety minute program of a bunch of shorts and they're all introduced by their creators so it's, it's a nice little nice little package i wanted to mention two in particular the first is paperman because it's it's beautifully animated the story is really lovely it's lovely told it's simple yeah it's, it's just uh, a nice little simple little love story like uh, the scene where he's throwing the paper airplanes on the window and they're all missing and the, the world is intervening in his love
1: but they also bring him together. Yeah. They? And
0: then the paper airplanes bring them together and it's like, Ooh!
1: not spoiling it, but do check it out. It's only seven minutes of your life.
0: Yeah. And feast with, with the dog who, who whose owner feeds him stupid food that would probably kill him in real life. <laughs> yeah. And then he, he gets a girlfriend and has to eat healthily, but then breaks up with the girlfriend and then gets to eat unhealthily again. But the dog is unhappy because his owner is unhappy. Oh, yeah. One day, Oscar. It did. It was hands down the best animated short of the year. So, uh, is it
1: available on all Netflix, Ken? I'm,
0: I'm pretty... I watched it on US Netflix, but I'm, it's probably available widely, because they have the deal with Disney, so it's probably available worldwide.
1: I'm hoping, because I only have Irish Netflix at the moment, so yeah, I want to
0: see it. There is one in particular I wanted to mention, Ken. Go ahead, Ken. It's The Little Match Girl. Not sure if you've seen it.
1: It's an old one, isn't
0: it? I think... I'm not sure. I think it's 2006, but it's based on a Hans Christian Andersen story. Yeah, so I haven't back. seen
1: it. I don't think I've seen it.
0: But uh, um, it's, it's about a girl who has a little match and she's starving and freezing in Russia. Right. (laughs) And she strikes the match and then her kind of fantasies come alive. And then the match goes out and she goes back to the real world. So she'd repeatedly strike the match and you'd see these kind of fantastical scenarios and where she meets her mother and then everyone's happy. But then the match goes out and she's lying there in the cold and starving. And the end of it, Ken, she dies.
1: It's not very Disney It's
0: not I was like uh, She dies
1: Although Disney do like Killing people off So yeah. maybe They don't is.
0: usually Kill the kid off yeah. She's like starving And hungry And it's like Oh And then The the, the final scene Is is the, the mother Walking past, uh, The mother Mocks up to her And she looks up And sees the mother And walks away With the mother but it's it's her like her ghost or something because you see the slumping body on the floor. It's like she died.
1: Maybe this is why it's not widely known because it's, know, it's it's, I, it's I traumatizing.
0: Know. It's it's a Hans Christian Andersen story, and that man was bleak. Yeah, <laughs> that man took Ger- and the grim fairy tales. They, they those Germans and Scandinavians did not did not uh, butter anything up.
1: In fairness, Disney have euthanized nearly all their stories, so maybe they decided to to
0: go for the gusto this time. Yeah, it was just like, good God, th- the kid died. She die- She froze to death in Russia. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't watch shorts for that, Ken. I don't watch shorts to see children die. I watch them to, to hit me in the fields and make me feel happy and fun, like uh, uh, Getting a Horse does, which is a really neat mix of, of the old 2D animation, the old 2D black and white animation, and very nice-looking 3D animation.
1: I want to go, Ah. Oh, uh
0: yeah i don't I don't want to be like soul destroyed i don't want disney to s- destroy my soul i want them to capture it and own it for life but that's uh walt disney animation studios short film collection it's on netflix and you can get a bunch of the other ones as well i know you can get the pixar collections on dvd
1: there's two volumes on dvd as well yeah, the pixar shorts those buy shorts them on are, amazon
0: those shorts are really good even if um uh lava is really creepy
1: yeah i don't think it's yeah that's one of the more recent ones so that's not on the collection yeah that's creepy Really quickly before we wrap things up, uh, just a, another podcast that we want to uh, suggest. It's called Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. Uh Each episode, he interviews two people. Sometimes, like he kind of does a thing where he leads with a very famous person to put you in, and then uh, like a famous person, but kind of maybe from a bygone era to kind of tell their story. Uh, he's got a very soothing voice, kind of like uh kind of like Jonathan Colton or or that gentleman from PCHH whose name's escaping me at the moment. Homosexual gentleman Glenn Weldon Glenn Weldon
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's it Oh he's only a gay guy too, isn't He isn't he can
1: I only found out that recently He's like oh really He's gay, that, yeah. uh, That's weird But um, Basically he gets A really good calibre of guests uh, Like really famous people uh, uh, Melissa McCarthy uh, Jermaine Clement Of Flight of the Concords A. Four Nailed it Nailed it Yeah <laughs> um, just, uh, just like, I,
0: I listen to him he's he's the Baylor on um judge Don Hodgman
1: but you will agree he has a, he does have a lovely lot
0: Baylor is a wrestler <laughs> 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 but yeah he is a really I, I like Jesse Thorne, because he has the whole maximum fun network
1: yeah and he's he's just he's, his line of questioning isn't very typical he kind of trying to probes people a bit and tries to get them to open up and he, he just he, he's he's just like a, got a very good style of interview he's not afraid to kind of to kind of go deep and not to kind of like not the kind of stuff you see on a late night talk show like i thought
0: your film was great
1: tell us about it yeah
0: now just tell a story that makes you look relatable and leave
1: yeah exactly that's all talk i'm trying to think of like the the, like the really famous people they've gotten because he has gotten some pretty big stars um totally spacing at the moment because i've listened to a load of them recently
0: that's the thing when you when you listen to them all back to back they just kind of meld into one
1: yeah, but like he's got uh, like if you go to his back catalog, you're gonna find someone if you want. to listen to. The, uh, George or or Martin is another one he interviewed.
0: I'd imagine usually the most interesting uh, interviews, or else some of the more interesting interviews are the with the people you don't know,
1: or like lesser known people, or people who are kind of like not big stars. But like he he does get like for an independent radio station, he gets. A lot of famous people. I think it's just the type of person he is. People like to talk to him. Yeah. Uh, He got Jesse Eisenberg as well. That was an interesting conversation. A discussion of Jesse's. Uh, a lot of people from The Daily Show. John Oliver would be an example. So that's uh, Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. It's available on NPR's, NPR's website. It's on iTunes. on Stitcher. It's on Maximum Fund's website. There's loads of places you can find it. Check it out and let us know what you think. On Twitter at TWSKK. And on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash twskk. He nailed it. I did it. Let let us know what you think of any of our picks. We're we're actually very curious to know if we're actually putting you on to good stuff or we're talking absolute nonsense.
0: Usually it's probably fifty fifty.
1: Well, that's about all the picks we have. You've cleared us out our our net our net picks account is is empty for another week. Where we we'll, we will be sure to make another deposit in time for next week's episode just time for a a quick last break before we come back to debrief you on the end of the show
0: you're listening to the weekend show podcast with ken
1: kidney download every sunday at soundcloud.com slash the weekend show okay bond fans mission accomplished that's our show for another week thank you for taking the time to click play and download on the podcast you can find a new episode every sunday mostly at soundcloud.com forward slash the weekend show and we are also available on itunes speaking of which why not leave us a review we have a license to kill and we're not afraid to use it so get to it
0: we can kill people
1: yeah because we're podcasters
0: oh that comes with the territory comes
1: with the job yeah apparently and now we've made it even easier for you to hear The Weekend Show with the launch of our brand new shiny YouTube account. Give them the details, Karen.
0: Yes, loads of people have listened to us on YouTube. But if you want kind of a, a kind of shorter breakdown of our small our segments, you can say just listen to our Halloween movie picks or our segment about Facebook banning boobs on our YouTube channel, which I, I don't think has an independ- uh, its own URL yet. But just search The Weekend Show on YouTube
1: kind of hard to find if you search the weekend show. TWSKK. Yes, or the, find it. or the weekend show with Pink Kidney. We'll bring it up as well. There all.
0: you go. Oh, oh, it's kind of hard to find if you just search the weekend show. If you put my name in there too, then it's fine.
1: Yeah, we're trying to wrap the show up. Egomaniac. We'll talk about this one. The show is off the air you can reach out to us on facebook on facebook.com forward slash twskk and where can they find us on twitter
0: at twskk
1: our theme music is by mr drawn and until next time say goodbye bye bye take it easy everybody